In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. It's time to get happy. Harvesting happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen. A fresh talk radio approach promoting happiness because happiness is a choice. And happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show, Harvesting Happiness. Lisa's going to shine a light on the well-being and global human flourishing by presenting a diverse and proactive collection of the greatest thinkers and doers who have devoted their lives to creating a better world in which to live. And as a filmmaker, psychologist, author, professor, and motivational speaker specializing in the field of happiness, Lisa Cypress-Kamen is widely recognized as an expert in the field. In the show, she'll also focus on military families, service personnel returning with PTSD, traumatic brain injury, and civilian life reintegration issues. So let's get to it. Harvesting Happiness on Togedad.com. And now, here's your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Hello, wherever you are. I'm here today to talk with you about happiness, well-being, and human flourishing. Authentic happiness is not selfish, egotistical, or narcissistic. The achievement of a happy life is not only good for us, but for those around us. Sustainable happiness is important because it not only elevates our own well-being locally, but also contributes to the collective flourishing of humanity on a global level. In short, happiness matters. Happiness comes from the heart, and this show is all about the heart. Before we bring on our guest today, I want to open up the phone lines for call-ins at 877-864-4869, 877-864-4869. Today's conversation is going to be interesting, so I want to really make sure that people know how to connect with us at the at TogiNet also, to log in on TogiNet on the computer. Join us at Facebook at Harvesting Happiness and uh, chime in. I really could use this show today, and and I've never said that before, but it it has been a very hectic few months over here at Harvesting Happiness, and today's topic is the art of honoring yourself. Can you say no when you need to? And I'm sure that there are many, many people out there that can relate to this very issue. Our guest today is Patricia Spadaro. She is the award-winning author of the book, Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. And she's written other books on personal growth. And we'll bring her on in a second to share with us about the books that she's written and her work. But I love this topic because here's an example. Your best friend needs help. You promised your spouse you'd make dinner. Your kids want a ride to the mall. And you told your boss you'd work late. What were you thinking? Have you ever stopped to wonder why you can't seem to say no to the people in your life? Even when you know you're exhausted, hungry, and can use a little help yourself? I'd really call that over-programming, which I know I'm guilty of, and I I know there are many of us out there who are. And is it really better to to give than receive? And a, a huge part of happiness is, of course, service work and giving and giving selflessly and giving with joy. But at the end of the day, there are moments where we are all 
just topped out and exhausted. Welcome, Patricia. Your your presence here is is just really delightful. Good morning. Hi, Hi Lisa. It's great to be with you. Thanks. Well, t- tell us. Tell us ab- about how we can learn the art of honoring ourselves. Well, you know, first of all, it starts with kind of defining what we mean by honoring ourselves. And sometimes people, when I talk to them, they think, well, she means, you know, take a break for a massage or, you know, go for a walk. And that's true. All that's a great thing and a fun thing to do. But fundamentally, what honor means is to respect, esteem, recognize, appreciate, ennoble. I love that word. Um, you know, and so when we, when we talk about things like that, much deeper remedies are needed than simply getting a massage once a week because we need to get to the core of the problem about why we don't honor ourselves in ways that really matter. So I, I love the quote by Walt Whitman that kind of says it all. He says, when I give, I give myself. And so if we're going to be good givers, we have to first give to ourselves. But, you know, a lot of us have heard that growing up. We, all of us have heard, well, you know, it's important to take care of yourself, um, but then why don't we do it? And that's kind of why I wrote the book, Honor Yourself. What are those myths or misbeliefs that keep us from really taking care of ourselves? And, and what is the top myth? Well, I think, you know, the one I start out with, which I guess is kind of the umbrella myth, is that it's better to give than to receive. And, of course, We've heard that so many different times, haven't we? And on the face of it, it's true. It's good to be a good giver. But is it always true that giving is better than receiving in all circumstances? What if your giving is harming yourself or others? What if it's compromising your ability to give back to others? And so there's a story I use in my book, and it still is one of the best examples that I know of. I had a friend or an associate that I would see a few times a year, and she had just recovered from a surgery. And when I saw her, of course, I went up to her after how she was feeling and gave her my best wishes. And she said, well, you know, I'm feeling really good, but I'm but I'm so busy again. And then she said something that just gave me chills and still does every time I think of it. She said, you know, as a matter of fact, if I don't get some time off soon, I'm going to have to schedule another visit to the hospital. And that just, just, my heart literally skipped a beat. And um, she just didn't realize that she was going to fulfill her own prophecy if she didn't learn the lesson her body was trying to teach her the first time. Well, I think this is a very powerful uh, example that, that you're speaking of, is when we run ourselves into the ground or run ourselves to the point of exhaustion, things happen in our body, things happen in our mind, our systems start to fail us, and we end up with a pain in the neck or right. a twisted ankle or, or even just a common cold that, that lays us up so we get some rest. Absolutely. And, you know, even Mother Teresa, who was the giver of all givers, right, unconditional, what seems like unconditional generosity, she even talked about the need to be alone and to recharge. And so, you know, sometimes we think that the people that we idealize as great givers have just given everything. But, you know, even even the mystics of the ages have realized it's really important to go within, recharge in whatever way works for you. And, you know, another thing I've found is that people often think about saying no as rejecting other people or not doing their duty. And it's important to reframe that. Instead of thinking, well, you know, I'm going to say no to this person. What are they going to think? You know, can I really do that? You have to think about it as, am I saying yes to myself? Because there's always a trade-off, you know, and it's, it's important to say yes to yourself. 
it is very important to say yes to yourself. And it, also the art of saying no. There is a true art to telling somebody you're not going to give them what they think they want in that moment, especially when you're a mom with kids, as I am. And it's right. uh, I, I, I marvel at it sometimes. My kids will ask me for this or that <laughs> or the latest sneakers or whatever it is, and I find myself learning to, to say to them, yes, but not right now. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I say to people all the time, you know, we think, uh, and I'm and I'm guilty of this, believe me, because I wrote the book because I'm learning what I'm teaching, as it's often the case, is, is that don't have that knee-jerk reaction when somebody asks you for something. You don't have to answer right away. You Nobody said you had to say yes right away. Um, you can take a step back and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to get back to you on that. I'm going to think about that. Yes, you know, just so, give it a minute. <laughs> yeah, just putting that pause in there to, so that you can go back and reflect yourself. Okay, is this the right thing to do? Is it the right thing for me to do? And is it the right thing for me to do now? Good point. And also, when you say yes to everything and everybody, and you mentioned this earlier on in our conversation about is it necessarily for the highest good of the other person? Right, and this is where it gets really, really tricky, and, and I do cover that in my book and have some great stories, but sometimes giving to others is really depriving them of the lessons they need to learn. I mean, if we all the time, well, for instance, if a mother bird did not kick her little chicks out of the nest, would they ever learn to fly? I mean, it's a very simplistic example, but it has lots and lots of application in our daily life. The people we love in our lives, we think if we do the most for them, that's, that's the best thing. Sacrifice on our part to help them is always the best. And it's not. It's absolutely not. It, it, it's not. And we have a lot of moms that listen to the show. We have people from all walks of life. We have a lot of military families. But the moms I'm particularly focused on this morning because it's something that I'm challenged with as a mother of uh, of two now teenaged kids <laughs> well, they'll, where they'll say to me in the kitchen, you know, where is the powdered sugar or where is the the the, the, the big pot? Now, they live here, right? They, they've right. lived with me since <laughs> they were born. So I always tell them as a joke, I said, you know what, why don't you go in the kitchen and poke around in the cabinet and pretend like you live here. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good. right, and get it, get used to, to, you know, take your part. I mean, I think it's kind of human nature to try and take the easy path. And it so is. People, will, people will do that with us. And it, it takes strength. It actually takes strength to help someone you love become stronger. It, it, yes, to help them become stronger, and it helps yourself become stronger in the process. Because by saying no, when you would normally say yes because your sense of duty or compulsion or both is to mm -hmm. do whatever is asked of you, to say no is helping them and it's helping you. It's helping our, ourselves grow individually. Right, exactly. And, and you know, the, the key question that I ask people, and I think it's one, it's one that I have up on my wall and I ask myself all the time, and I think it's the most important question we can ever ask ourselves, and that is, what can I do to honor myself so that I can unleash the full power of my creative spirit and give my greatest gifts to my loved ones, my community, and the world? So it, it, it puts a different spin on giving. You know, what can I do to honor myself so I can give my best to others? 
Well, it puts the responsibility plainly back in our own lap, which is the which is the key for any of this uh, growth and transformation work that that we certainly talk exactly. about on harvesting happiness and is a huge part of my work. We are going to go to a break in a minute, and when we come back, we are going to continue the conversation with P- Patricia Spadaro, who has written a wonderful book called "Honor Yourself: The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving," and she is talking to us today about the reformation of a giveaholic, if you will. And uh, (laughs) I think we all could use some tips um, because we're busy and we're always giving and we're always doing. And maybe there's another way of doing this, which enables us to actually give more and do more in the world. This is Lisa Cypress-Kamen. You are listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. And my guest today is, again, Patricia Spadaro. And you can reach her at her website, www.howtohonoryourself.com. Here come the tunes. We'll be right back, and we will continue the conversation with Giveaholic Reformation. We'll be right back. We know that life is tough. And that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Be a part of the grateful good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, Members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Parents, if you feel overloaded, overworked, underappreciated, and seriously stressed out, The Parents Plate is here to help you. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. It's time to build stronger families through parent empowerment. And that's what The Parents Plate does. The Parents Plate understands the busyness of life and balancing child rearing and other commitments. Brenda Nixon will be talking to noted experts and authors on all issues, from teething to teen driving. Brenda Nixon is a nationally recognized speaker to parents and child care professionals and author of the award-winning The Birth to Five book. From Fox 4 in Kansas City to schools and synagogues to businesses to bookstores, conferences to churches, audiences rave that Brenda engages, educates, and encourages. For more information on Brenda and her books, check out her website, brendanixon.com. The Parents Plate is loaded with information and affirmation. The Parents Plate with Brenda Nixon. Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. 
Welcome back, everybody. I'm here today with Patricia Spadaro, who has written a book entitled Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. And prior to the break, we were talking about being a giveaholic and what that means and how we can help actually do and be more when we learn to say no. Welcome back, Patricia. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Well, let's let's just jump right in here about uh, what are the, some of the warning signs of, give, of our giving and receiving meter being out of balance? Yeah, and it's really um, this is really important. It seems like uh, it's just another one of those things, but it's all change starts with awareness. I mean, you know, the ancient sages all said, "Know thyself," and there's a reason for that because if we don't, like you said, the responsibility is on us. And if we don't see what's happening in our own worlds, we can't make the changes that the warning signs are giving us. So I'd say one of the first ones is uh, the warning sign that we're out of balance, we're giving too much to others, is that when we constantly and automatically say yes whenever anyone asks us to do anything. And, of course, there are times when we need to give, people need us, we're in, we're in a certain role that we have to give, but we do not have to give all the time to everyone. And so that's the first thing. If you see yourself doing this automatic knee-jerk, yes, 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 uh, and then getting kind of upset or mad, you know, at the end of the day, that why did I do that? Why did I do that? That's a sign right there. Um, another sign is prolonged anxiety or tension. And, of course, all of us are under stress from time to time during the day. Um, I'm talking about prolonged anxiety. You know, there's aches in certain parts of your body that just won't go away. They're chronic you know, and so I have a little way that I remind myself, which is when I feel attention somewhere in my body, when I feel attention, pay attention. It's just a little kind of word phrase that I use. And that requires checking in with yourself. It means, you know, specifically setting up times, whether you put a timer, you know, on your desk, a timer on your iPhone or something that tells you, okay, stop, take a breath. How do I feel right now? I found for myself that if I don't check in with myself, the day just goes buzzing by and I, and I haven't taken care of myself at all. I haven't done anything that I need to do. So it's really important to take that pause time. The, the pause is huge. And when, when we say taking care of ourselves, we can, it can include going for a walk. It can include right. taking a bath. It can include actually, get this, sitting there and doing nothing for five minutes. I think yeah, that's, right. <laughs> that's the greatest reward. Yeah, I mean, these don't have to be huge. I mean, there's all sorts of little ways that we can help ourselves. You know, it can include um, eating a healthy snack, you know, rather than just, okay, I'm going to grab the nearest thing again because I'm too busy to give my body what it really needs. You know, make yourself a nice cup of tea. or You know, each person it's going to be different, whatever it is for you. You know, and, and another warning sign that, that I noticed for myself, and it's not one you might think of, is lack of focus. And I find that if I can't sit still and focus and I, I jump up and down and I, you know, I find ways to avoid what I'm really supposed to do. I, oh, the garden needs weeding or the dishes need to be put away right now or the cats need me or, you know, and all these things. And I realize, what am I doing? I can't focus. What's wrong? And it's because I haven't taken the time for myself to do what I need so that I can feel settled and I can move forward with what I really need to be doing, the tasks in front of me. So it's kind of an interesting thing. You would think it would be the opposite, um, that moving around and taking care of all these things is a sign that, you know, you're doing okay. But sometimes that's actually a sign that you need to stop and take care of yourself first. 
that the busy work, you know, the, the, the busy making that we all do in our lives does not necessarily mean that we are effective. And I, and I have found absolutely. that for myself. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes it's a way to hide from ourselves. I've found that, you know, we can actually be kind of addicted to giving because we, we want to avoid our real responsibilities. And this is where it gets really deep because our real responsibilities are to do to develop that part of ourselves that is going to be giving the best to others. And sometimes that takes some risk-taking. It takes some facing of the facts that maybe we're a little off track. You know, we're not exactly doing everything we can to, um, you know, plumb and develop that best part of ourselves. And we can hide from that by doing all sorts of other busy stuff. You know, and to be honest, if I if I have a hard time writing, I just do all sorts of stuff around the house, you know. I mean, I'm going crazy taking care of everybody else and everything else, and I have to stop and say, what are you doing? What what are you hiding from? Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to be doing this this writing, and it's hard, and I don't want to face it, and et cetera, et cetera. So I think that can happen to us in all sorts of ways. And, and of course, another big warning sign is griping and complaining. I mean, we start to complain about the dishes in the sink or the socks on the floor, you know, et cetera, et cetera, and we go around complaining, and what we're really trying to say but we're not saying it is, I need help, I need a break, I need to honor myself. But instead, we project it out and we start complaining about the other people in our lives and what they're doing instead of realizing, hey, this is a sign that I need to take action. You know, for myself, I find that if I'm going to go for the wine, that I want to make it a really good one. That if I'm going to stop and I'm going to catch, which is a great Yiddish word for griping, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to really do it with some art and finesse. Otherwise, I'm not going to bother because it does take <laughs> me away from what I should be doing. Right, right. And, you know, these are all these little signs that you start to pick up if you become more aware and it helps because you, when you hear yourself doing this kvetching and complaining, you start to go, whoa, what's really going on? You know, it's really, okay, yeah, the socks on the floor, that bothers me, but it's not really, it's kind of overboard the way I'm going here, you know. So what is it that's really going on inside? You know, and like I said, if we don't ask for help, I mean, this is another huge sign, a warning sign that our giving and receiving meter is out of balance. We don't ask for support. We just we try and do everything ourselves. That's a huge, huge, huge thing. Um, huge. Yeah, and and so many of us are brought up with the idea that if I don't, if I can't do it myself, there's something wrong with me. You know, we think we have to be strong, and we don't realize that support is part of that strength. Support means that we think we're worthy enough to get the help we need, and it also means that we care enough about the people in our lives to get the support we need to make the right decisions, that we care enough about those around us to get the support that we need to do our job the best way we can. Do you think there's something uh, with power and control connected to all of this? I do. I, I do, because I think that sometimes at subconscious or unconscious levels, we get addicted to giving. And um, this is important to think about and important to examine, take time to reflect on, because uh, I kind of touched on it earlier. I said sometimes we hide behind sacrifice as a way of not taking responsibility. So, for instance, isn't it easier for someone else to make the decision in our life and call the shots? 
And if they do, and we don't make the decisions because we're doing what they say, what they want, then we can say, well, it's not my fault when things go wrong. It's kind of a way of of avoiding the angst that it takes to make our own decisions. And that angst is part of our growing process, you know, taking responsibility, doing what we need to do that's fulfilling to us. But if we hand over those decisions to other people, then where are we? You know, and that's, it's easy to slip into, especially if we've always taken a kind of second role in our life, a role of helping other people. And um, I say it's like, it's like taking a supporting role in someone else's drama when you should be the star of your own life story and movie. Yes, yes, that's a very, very, very good point. And also, I was thinking about the issue of power and control that when one continues to give tirelessly and doesn't allow the space for others to give back, mm-hmm. there is a sort of um, sense uh, of that you're holding control over, you know, trying to have dominion over your circle rather than allowing a flow to move in and out, a give and take. Yeah, it's, it, that, that's true, too. And some of us have think we need to control all the aspects of, of what's going on in our life. And, you know, related to that, too, I think, is that we, even though it seems like a control issue, we may not feel worthy inside. And so we desperately need other people to give us that feedback that says you're worthy, you're worthy, you're worthy. So if we can give and give and give, then we feel like, oh, you know, um, somebody likes me, you know, rather than that affirmation coming from ourselves, it comes from outside. So I, I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a very a thing that happens quite often that we don't realize is going on. And, and again, you know, you don't feel worthy, that's lack of self-esteem. That's the opposite of honoring ourselves, which is esteeming and ennobling ourselves. And unless we actually feel worthy inside, we won't say no to somebody else. We won't stand up and say, you know, I'm sorry, I can't do that right now because I have something else to do. And that's, that's, that's a learned behavior to say, to say no well. You know, many of us are, you, and you write so nicely about it, allergic to saying no, you know, that we're taught that we, you know, yes, 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 we can do. We can do, we can do anything we set our hearts and minds to, which is true, but we may just not be able to do it on a certain schedule. Yeah, and, you know, it is a learned art, and you have to start with the small things, you know. Start with uh, drawing small boundaries. Like I said, don't say yes automatically, or turn your phone off for certain parts of the day and let the requests go through to the answering machine. Don't look at your email all day long, you know, when you're, when you're out, out doing errands or doing something for yourself, t- turn off the smartphone, you know. I mean, these are like the little things, but they help you train yourself. Starts with the small steps. <laughs> it's true. Our producer just, uh, you know, texted here, turn off the phone, question mark, with a little frightened face, you know. I know what a thought. And this is something I personally have, have difficulty doing is, is checking out because I am so checked in a lot of the time with phone calls and texts and emails. The, the, the turning it off and turning my brain off is a challenge. And as I mentioned, that the, 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 our meeting today on the air is such perfect time because yesterday I had an incident where um, things just were over the top in, in, in terms of stress level. And it wasn't that there was anything extraordinary that happened. It is that I had reached the crescendo because I had taken on too much. And it was time to turn everything and everybody off and go for a walk. 
Yeah, and it, it just creeps up on you. It's like the, the water level rises, and all of a sudden the water is just spilling all over the place, <laughs> and all, your, our emotions just get out of hand. And That's yeah, true. it's like a, you've got to. I know, and I, I mean, I'm just we'll going to the, the break, person. like it or not. Sorry, Patricia. Here come the tunes. Everybody, we'll be right back. <laughs> we know that life is tough, and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how. On Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet.com. Hey moms, get ready for Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet.com. Living the Dream Mom is about the true realities of motherhood, the beauty and the rewards of watching your children grow. All these moms have something in common. They put their kids first. It's not about the kids all the time and the diapers and the bottles and the breastfeeding. It's about showcasing the mother in motherhood, real moms in the real world. Do you get it? Now that's what the show is about. So every week, let's get together and we'll share these great stories with you guys. And I hope by the end of the show, you'll be saying, you know what? That is my life. Nina gets it. And I can't hardly wait to see what she brings me next week. Don't miss the next Living the Dream Mom. It's Real Moms in the Real World. Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Living the Dream Mom with Nina Fry. On toginet.com. Innovation and insight, problems and solutions, capitalizing on your ideas and efforts. That's all a part of Changing the World One Invention at a Time with Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Rick will be sharing stories of innovation, invention, inspiration, and overcoming obstacles with guests who have been there, done that, and are doing that. Rick will be asking the right questions, helping you identify the real problems, and showing you how to act on your ideas by increasing consumer confidence, and more importantly, increasing your confidence to act on your ideas. For even more information, go to thinktech, that's T-E-K, globally.com. Then join us as Rick and his guest teaches how to develop new ideas and create new products, new businesses, new jobs. And together, let's get our economy growing again. It's changing the world one invention at a time with author and inventor Rick Rowe. Thursday evenings at 6, 5 Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Cayman on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress Cayman. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here today with Patricia Spadaro, who has written a book entitled Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. And I think that is the operative word here is inner, because so much of this work, how we operate in the world, how we are happy, how we are sad, how we live a good life is the inner work, how we choose to be in the world, how we educate ourselves, how we grow as we travel through adulthood in the journey called life. Welcome back, Patricia. 
Hi, Lisa. Hi. Before the break, we were talking about self-esteem, the art of saying no when people are asking us to do things and be things on a continual basis, or even us demanding of ourselves that we continue to perform and perform and perform until we hit the wall. Right. And I think, you know, one of the things that to keep in mind about this is I, I said earlier that saying no you have to think about it as not saying no to others, but saying yes to yourself. If you have set for yourself things that you need to do, want to do, um, that are essential to your life purpose, in other words, you're on your own to-do list, then it's easier to say no to people because you've got more important things to do, you know, things that are focused. And that's one of the keys that I tell people, you know, what's some of the ways you can start to honor yourself and draw better boundaries one of them is put yourself on your to-do list. I mean, sometimes I look at my to-do list and I say, where are you? <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, where are you? You need to be, and sometimes I'm there, but I'm way at the bottom. I'm on that list that never gets done. It's, you know, page five. And so you need to be at the top because you are the most important person in your life. You can't fulfill your reason for being without nourishing yourself. You know, after all, you know, we're here. We are here to give our best. And so we need to, in order to do our best, we need to give ourselves our best as well. And I, I say to people, you know, a really a good question to ask yourself when you get stuck is, are the sacrifices I'm making bringing me closer to the fulfillment and meaning that I seek in life? Mm, excellent question. Excellent. Yeah, and I mean, if you start to reflect on these things, and get, you know, we talked about that pause, you know, maybe maybe that pause is also just taking time to ask yourself these key questions. You know, are the sacrifices I'm making bringing me closer to the fulfillment and meaning I seek? And if the answer is no, and it's all the time no, there's something that needs to change, something inside and something outside. And these ideals and, and goals that we have, we should clarify that they are not uh, narcissistic, selfish pursuits, that we're really talking about one's calling or life purpose or, you know, living the right life for yourself, which is a balanced, wholesome, healthy life. That's, yeah, there's absolutely. nothing selfish about that. No, no, it's not selfish at all. We're talking about the word honor, again, to ennoble, to esteem, you know, to cherish. I mean, when you have a new baby, you take you know, because you want to see it born and you want to see it give its best and grow up to, to be fulfilled. Well, guess what? That baby's inside of you, too. You know, and, and you need to give your best and to, you know, give birth to yourself. I thought another way I like to think about it is that you are actually giving birth to yourself. And, you know, if you start to think of these, of yourself in a different way, you will treat yourself in a better way. You know, We've all heard the expression, he or she puts him or her on a pedestal. And I think that uh, what we're really talking about is placing ourselves in an exalted position where we feel that we are worthy of um, having the break, of having the time out, of, of receiving as much as giving. That it's not just one-way traffic, you know, we're, we're, we're 
putting out all the time, but that we um, can really enjoy ourselves enough with who we are that we can stop for a moment and allow ourselves to receive, whether it's receiving a break, whether it's receiving a massage, you know, whether it's receiving um, conversation from our partners or allowing them to do something that we would normally be in control of. Right, and that's well said. You know, the underlying theme in my book, too, is paradox. And I say, you know, we have these paradoxes in life, you know. How do we give to others and give to ourselves? Do we allow our children to do anything they want, or do we draw boundaries? I mean, it goes on and on, these supposedly conflicting or opposite values. And that's what it's all about. It's about accepting both and not rejecting either one. So if you... To be in balance, to truly be in balance, doesn't mean to be in some middle, wishy-washy, milk-toast place. It means to embrace both sides, and that means I want to give totally to other people, but I also need to give totally to myself. You know, so you, you have to do, you have to learn how to do both, and at different times. We have a text from one of our listeners on Togi Chat, and she writes: When one has confidence, you can delegate share the task without threat and have others learn from you and control what sucks you dry or not let it suck, suck you dry. And I think that's a great point. It, is, it goes back to that confidence and self-esteem that you can allow it to flow without the need to control everything. Right, exactly. That's well said too. And, you know, we do, some of us do have a problem receiving and you touched on it. And I think for instance, when somebody pays you a compliment or does something for you, do you do you say, "Yeah, thank you very much," you know, that's great, and feel like you deserve it, or do you kind of? It's the first thing out of your mouth. Oh, you didn't have to do that, <laughs> you know. And when you say, "Oh, you didn't have to do that," it's kind of a signal to that person, to yourself, and to the universe. Really, you're saying, "Oh, you didn't have to do that. You didn't have to give me that raise." You didn't have to bring that nice relationship into my life. You didn't have to give me this time off. You know, all these things. It's, it's an unspoken signal that we put out when we say, we, we kind of reject the compliments or reject that somebody's helping us. And so if you can catch yourself doing that, and you can kind of say, oh, thank you. You know, I really appreciate that. You know, and then you start to invite, you start to invite more of these things into your life when you can do that. The aw shucks, you know, come on. <laughs> it's nice. We all love to have the girl, the pat on the back where someone says, you know, I really value what you did or value who you are because what it does is it, it creates sort of a um, abundance, you know, more abundance, more in the world that when you can be free with your compliments, both giving and receiving. Right, them. exactly. Giving and receiving. You know, and part of honoring yourself too is, being a good giver, and there's a whole section of my book where I talk about that. We're not talking about that necessarily today, but I don't want anyone to get the wrong idea because, like I said, there's two sides to every story. A really an important way to honor yourself is to give to others in ways that matter. You know, sometimes we think that, oh, um, buying more things, buying more expensive things, buying bigger things is the way to show my love, and it's 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 simply not true. I mean, if you think about when you were a child, what were the experiences and the memories in your life when you felt most cherished and loved? Um, I can guarantee you it probably wasn't when somebody spent a lot of money on you. It was when you had this intimate connection with uh, somebody else. 
Yeah, the money, the, the the money in love and money in happiness is is a myth, and we and we we discuss this every week. We touch upon the same subject about you know money and material abundance. And yes, money is nice, and there is not a guest or a person on the planet that would say that there's something shameful or wrong about money. So right. we need to exactly. we want to dispel that. But I do agree with you that the most heartfelt, intimate, fulfilling moments come from an emotional exchange and have nothing to do with the material. Right. And so if you can apply that to yourself too, because <clears throat> the way that you can give back to yourself doesn't always involve elaborate schemes and all that kind of stuff. Like we said, it can be very simple, simple things that you can do to start to honor yourself. Last night I was sitting talking with my daughter and we live not far from the ocean. And for whatever reason, whether it was the, the pending full moon, we heard sea lions barking in the distance. And it's something that we really have never heard in this area. In the, in the past, there have been sort of sea lion families that have come up and down the coast and roosted in certain areas, but not really near our house. And we couldn't believe it. At first we thought they were dogs barking in the neighborhood. So the point of the conversation is about creating the moment. And I said to my daughter, it was about 10 or 10.30 at night, let's go down there and check it out. Let's grab a flashlight and, and, and go down there and see for ourselves. So off we went, you know, bundled ourselves up because <laughs> it was cold and the mist was heavy and thick and the wind was blowing. We go down to the beach and we can't see them, but sure enough, we, we, we now know that that barking noise, that chorus is coming from the ocean and not somebody's backyard. And I thought to myself, what a moment, you know, here yeah, I am. You know, out with my daughter late at night, having a little adventure that neither of us will ever forget. And right. I hit, hit the pause button on my own tape, the own, my own chaos that had been playing, you know, during mm -hmm. the day. Right. Taking, creating the moments that matter, you know. And they, they often just, I mean, it's there. The invitation is there. We just don't always accept it, <laughs> you know. This is an what, excellent Yeah, what point. if you had ignored it? You know, what if you had ignored that? <laughs> you know, you just weren't listening. I mean, that's another problem with the busyness and the giving, 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 and the not drawing boundaries is we're too busy to listen. We're too busy to listen to ourselves. We're too busy to listen to the beautiful opportunities of the moment that are around us. And, you know, listening is a really important skill, listening to yourself first and foremost, and then listening to the other people in your circle of influence. Now, listening can be so transformative. Indeed. And uh, we, we are going to a break. So your, your pause was actually perfectly timed because we are going to um, go into a commercial. When we come back, we're going to continue the conversation about listening, honoring oneself, and the inner art of giving and receiving because this is a very, very powerful topic. And I would say the, the root of everything. Really, if, if we learn these skills, um, we are that much more powerful. We have that much more self-mastery, which is all about well-being and flourishing and thriving. Having a thriving life is, is being in control in a good way of what we do and how we do it. I'm with Patricia Spadaro the author of Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. You can reach Patricia and her book and her website at www.how to honoryourself.com. Her book, as well as her other books, are available at Barnes & Noble, Borders, Amazon, and we spell her name Patricia, S-P-A-D-A-R-O. We'll be right back, and here come the tunes. You're listening to Harvesting Happiness Talk Radio. Where is 
of my heart. We know that life is tough and that happiness can and does live along with adversity. We'll be right back to explain how on Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress Kamen on Toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Part of the Grateful Good. Grateful Nation brings together patients, families, friends, and staff of Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center to support the quality care and groundbreaking research at the medical center. Through new and traditional media, members of Grateful Nation share experiences, thank our caregivers and researchers, participate in sweepstakes, and gather to sponsor and host events and much more. Being grateful inspires others to be grateful as well. Isn't it time we jumpstart some perpetual gratitude? Visit Grateful Nation online to find out more at www.gratefulnation.org. Have a grateful day. Welcome back to Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen on Toginet. The show dedicated to promoting happiness because happiness is a choice and happiness can be cultivated and harvested. Hence the name of the show. So let's get back to it. It's Harvesting Happiness on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lisa Cypress-Kamen. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Patricia Spadaro, the author of Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. And we are talking today about what it really means to honor oneself when we've taken on too much of a load, how we can set limits and boundaries and achieve a more peaceful existence within ourselves, which actually enables us to give more, to do more, to be more. And in that is the art of receiving, which we were talking about before the, the break. Welcome back, Patricia. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Let's talk a little bit about, you know, receiving, about allowing people to do things for us. That's a right. tough one for many of us. Right. Support, getting, asking for support. You know, we forget that people who have accomplished a lot in the world have their support teams. They can't do it alone. They never have been able to do it alone. Um, you know, Helen Keller needed her teacher, Ann Sullivan, to bring out the best in her. Uh, Frodo Baggins needed his best friend, Samwise Gandhi, in Lord of the Rings to, to make it through his trials. He wouldn't have done it without his best friend. Um, so don't be afraid to ask for support. It's part of the whole way life works. And when you think about support, I encourage you to think about it 
in a multitude of ways. I mean, you know, it can be emotional, physical, spiritual. Um, it can be mental. I mean, it can be getting a massage or it can be calling a friend to get some advice or going to say you have a decision to make that you don't know much about the area. You know, seek out a professional. Maybe you can trade services with somebody. I mean, there's all sorts of creative ways to get support. But it's one of those things that, like I said, we think of it as a weak, a sign of weakness, but it's not. It's a sign of strength because you're doing your best so you can give your best. It's really important to, to remember that and keep telling yourself that. You know, getting support is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. And getting support, reaching out to people that you know and trust and respect to help with decisions. I love the last example that you um, spoke of because it is something that we overlook many, many times that, you know, we're doing our days, we're living our lives, and every day we're bombarded with questions and decisions that need to be made, thousands of them actually, you know, depending upon Mm -hmm. what we do in life, it can be as little as 5,000 questions and decisions to upwards of, you know, 20 or 30,000. And they can be little ones. Like, do you turn left versus turn right? Not, you know, who do you vote for president? I mean, they're the little things that go on every day. And when we are confronted with big decisions or forks in the road to call on the people that we respect most or we aspire to be like most is a real act of of faith on our part but giving ourselves the opportunity to receive something valuable from somebody else that does not cost a dime right and people actually like to give i mean i think you'd be surprised how many people you call up that are willing to chat with you and and give you information and pass on their knowledge i mean that's part of the circle of life and that's one of the ways Another way we honor ourselves is to give what we've learned to others. You know, I mean, we've learned it for a reason, and the reason is not just for us to grow, but to help others learn those same lessons. So, yeah, I mean, just you can get really creative with ways that you get support. And, um, and you know, one of the main things, too, is uh, hang out with supporters. <laughs> you know, don't stop hanging out with people who are not, not supportive and not positive and drain you. I mean, that's one of the things we don't realize that can really be a burden on us. Having, you know, even close friends or family members who just are negative all the time, and it can be very, very draining. And um, it's sometimes hard to separate out, but you can do it. You know, just if you, if you have a longtime friend that just won't get it, you know, who who is just in a constant pity party and you've, told them, you know, you know, let's talk about more positive things, and they can't seem to. You know, sometimes you have to cut off that for a little while and just, you know, garner your energy back so that you're not draining yourself. That's a really important part of honoring yourself, too. I, I, I happen to agree with you, and I want to touch upon the pity party concept because this is a mode that many of us find ourselves in from time to time, and um, when we do, it's I think it's really okay to have that momentary meltdown pity party where we, so, you know, woe is me, cry, get it out, and yep. then you sort of pull yourself up by your panties and go forward, you know? Yeah, I mean, you need to, yeah, you cannot suppress your emotions. I mean, you know, you need to get it out. You need to get in touch with yourself. Sometimes, you know, that's the most important turning point is acknowledging your feelings. You know, how many times have we just stuffed it because we have to go on, we have to be strong, we have to do this, we have to do that. And so we're just, we're really, we're out of touch with how we feel. So, yeah, I mean, those moments can be seminal and very cathartic. cathartic. 
And uh, but you're right. You 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 do it, and then you move on because you have other things to do. You have better things to do. And exactly. There's a yeah. great life to live out there. So when yeah. you're stuck in the pity, when you're mired in the muck of your life and the negativity and the whining, it really does not um, ultimately, you know, beyond the release, it ultimately does not serve your higher good to stay there. Right. And then remember, that was one of the warning signs was do you do a lot of griping and complaining? And it's the same thing, a lot of pitying. When you catch yourself in that spiral that's just going in circles, you want to change it to a spiral. I, I like to think of it as, you know, going in circles, you just can't, you're just replaying the same old thing over and over. But to break out of it and turn it into a spiral that goes higher is, is really where it's at. That's the most important thing we can be doing, to just keep going higher and higher in honoring ourselves and giving our gifts. Um, let's talk a little bit about caregivers and compassion fatigue, because we have a military community that listens to this show. Mm-hmm. Um, what happens or what would be your suggestions when you've got a caregiver who is caring for a loved one who has come back from war and the family is, is, is compromised? You know, there's some difficulties with reintegration within the family. There may be a loss of limb. There may be combat stress, mm-hmm. meaning post-traumatic stress disorder or brain injury, some of the invisible wounds of war. And you've got one of the partners really bearing the load really mm-hmm. working hard to keep the family together, to take care of the emotional and physical well-being of their partner, and they themselves hit the wall. And this is very real. This is a very real and typical scenario. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And um, it's, it's a difficult position to be in. And some of the things I already said apply. For instance, looking for ways to get support, unorthodox ways to get support, even a little bit of support. And getting in touch with what really uh, recharges your batteries, because for each of us it's different, you know, and there's got to be a way in your day to make space for yourself and and look for those spaces and don't assume, you know, I can't stop, I can't stop, I've got to keep going, I, you know, um, because I think that's kind of what drives us, this sense that we can't make the time, even at those little moments. Um, clear, and also another key, and it's for all of us, is to clearly communicate your needs. Um, people, when you're in these situations, sometimes you think it's complaining, but you, if you clearly communicate, you know, I need X, Y, Z. I need to make sure that even in the midst of all this, uh, I, I get a good meal. You know, I need to, you know, there's certain things that are really important, that, and, but just complaining is not telling the people around you what you need. It's really being specific about communicating your needs. These are all these are little things, but they're important things. Well, I think really what we're talking about are very simple interventions that help us uh, go farther. You know, your point of asking, you know, for a good meal to, you know, to have some downtime to sit peacefully and really relax and enjoy the meal and digest it is a huge (laughs) pause for many, many of the caregivers. I mean, hey, it's a challenge for for all of us in our busy lives to actually stop and and not multitask while we're driving, eating, texting and talking on the phone if it's at all possible, which I know many of us like to try to do. Um, But yeah, I mean. 
That's a good point because I, I actually wrote that down the other day to write a blog post on cold food because I can't even <laughs> tell you how many times I've eaten with all good intentions. You know, I, I call my husband, we work in our home, we call him up for dinner, and there we are. And all of a sudden, the phone rings. We answer the phone. It's not that the phone rings. We answer the phone, or something happens, and we, next thing I know, we're eating cold food, even though I spent you know all this time to prepare it. And, yeah, and why did it happen? Because I just decided to answer the phone instead of saying, you know what, that's going to have to wait until after we eat dinner. You know, so really nourishing yourself um, comes in many varieties and flavors. And um, you need to find the one that's right for you. Uh, it, it, indeed, and we are actually almost to the end of the show. It's, it is the hour has just flown by, and I want to make sure that we um, advise our listeners of how they can reach you, how they can find you. Your website is www.howtohonoryourself.com. They can reach you via email at info at howtohonoryourself.com. Are there any other ways that our listeners can connect with you, Patricia? Um, my website's the best. They can get my book. Uh, nationwide, you know, Barnes and Noble, Borders, Amazon.com, your favorite online or neighborhood bookseller. And yeah, easy to reach me through my website, howtohonoryourself.com. And I've got lots of articles and different things there too that are resources. Yes, very, very excellent resources, I might add. And I wanted to also chat a little bit about the giving and receiving exchange as you reference it and asking for what you need. Because uh, some of us are in situations where we are taking care of people that may not necessarily be able to reciprocate, I think it's important to also mention that the art of giving and receiving is not necessarily one-on-one in that uh, you, you're caring for somebody who's ill, they may not be able to give back, n- not now or perhaps not ever, mm-hmm. but there is a certain grace in the giving and the loving for the sake of doing it and seeking the the return, the receiving and the nurturing to buoy yourself to continue to do it from other places. So you can't be angry is I guess what, I'm, what my point is. If, if you're taking care of somebody and they're not able to reciprocate, it is not their fault and, and, and we must continue to, to love anyway. Yes, and I think that, that goes also back to what we were saying. If you open yourself to the invitations that are around you in the moment, I think you'll find that there are so many ways to have that open-hearted experience, like those sea lions that you were talking about and the little, you know, bird outside your window or just, you know, being so much in the moment that you're open to that, that grace and that, that return current that surely comes. It, it does come. What a wonderful hour. Thank you, Patricia Spadero, author of Honor Yourself, The Inner Art of Giving and Receiving. This is Lisa Cypress Kamen on behalf of Patricia and myself. We are out of time, but we wish you kind thoughts, kinder words, and the kindest actions. Until next time, remember that happiness is an inside job. Happiness is your inside job. And go out and make it the best day ever because it's the only one we know for sure. Have a great day. Thank you for being a part of Harvesting Happiness with Lisa Cypress-Kamen. We'll do this again next Wednesday morning at 10, 11 Central here on Togedash.